0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to an all new episode of NAMIC's podcast, Insurance Uncovered. We're delighted to have you tune into the podcast as your source for insurance news and perspective from thought leaders in the property casualty insurance industry. This week's episode is sponsored by New England Asset Management. I'm your host, Kathy Imus, and today we're uncovering data privacy. NAMIC's concerns about new legislation and how it would impact the insurance industry. Plus, NAMIC's regional vice presidents share insights on critical insurance issues facing legislative action around the country. And finally, crop insurance. Congress evaluates challenges and conditions that American producers are facing in today's environment. But first, The U.S. House Energy and Commerce Subcommittee is evaluating sweeping data privacy legislation that would ultimately impact scores of industries, including the insurance industry. Nemec has serious concerns about the workability of this bill and is engaged with the business community to urge Congress to not rush the process. Among the concerns, federal preemption is critically undermined by providing 15 exemptions, including the California Consumer Privacy Act. This would leave the current patchwork approach in place while granting vast new powers to the Federal Trade Commission. There are also concerns regarding a private right of action established by the bill that does not provide significant guardrails to prevent a surge in large and abusive class action lawsuits. In other action on Capitol Hill, the U.S. House Agriculture Subcommittee held a hearing about Title XI crop insurance witnesses discuss challenges and conditions that American producers are facing due to the ongoing trade war with China, supply chain disruptions caused by the COVID-19 pandemic, and commodity volatility caused by the war in Ukraine. Democratic Congressman Al Lawson from Florida asked the University of Arkansas's Ronald Rainey to comment on any coverage gaps that exist within the context of crop insurance, particularly for traditionally underserved rural communities.
1: I, I, I do think that uh, that that is a pervasive issue. And, uh, and sometimes I think it's just some of the economics of it because uh, so if I'm, a, if I'm an insurance agent and in company and I'm in a, a high, uh, intense uh, row crop commercial area, uh, you know, if I got a portfolio full of, of large-scale commercial row crop producers, I may not even take the time to learn about whole farm revenue, which is what our specialty crop, what a lot of our small po- uh, uh, growers would be interested in. So in, any way to, to enhance that training or understanding, because at the end of the day, some of those agency companies will tell those farmers, oh, we don't offer that, or they would try to send them to someone else, and some of it's just a profit motive. So as you explore that engagement, I think there is some education with the companies and agents on, to me, it's an entrepreneurship opportunity to diversify their staff to serve this need and really look at what is an economic benefit to those companies and those agents to serve those underserved areas, if you will. Uh, I think that would be a first step is to really have a a real discussion with the companies and agents about or understanding on the areas that they're not serving. Because I think there's a lack of understanding of crops outside of of their traditional uh, audience that they've historically served.
0: As lawmakers consider the next farm bill reauthorization, NAMIC is continuing to highlight how the federal crop insurance program plays a vital role in safeguarding the nation's farmers and America's food supply. Well, on today's Unscripted, we're wrapping up our series featuring NAMIC's regional vice presidents sharing some of the major issues insurers faced in state legislatures this year. Today, NAMIC's Andrew Kirchner stands in for Neil Aldridge to chat with our RVPs in the West, Midwest, and Ohio Valley and Mid-Atlantic regions.
2: Today on Insurance Unscripted, we have three of NAMIC's state advocates with us. They're part of NAMIC's advocacy staff that stands up for insurers' interests in state legislatures across the country. Today, we'll be checking in with the team to hear about some of the major threats facing the industry this year. We'll start out west with Christian Rattay. Christian, the Western region has always been one of the most challenging regions for insurers, but it seems recently insurers are facing difficult challenges in Washington, Oregon, and California, just to name a few. What are some of the more pressing issues for insurers in the
3: West? Uh, Thanks, Andrew. Protecting insurer use of credit-based insurance scoring is front and center in the Western region, especially in Washington State. It has been the predominant topic of concern in the state for the past few years. I even dream about the topic. It's more like a nightmare, nightmare on Elm Street, with Commissioner Kreibler wearing Freddy Krueger's finger blades. Now, I say that jokingly. But it is a tongue-in-cheek comment because the commissioner has attempted to slice up the industry in the media in his never-ending assault against insurers' use of longstanding and nationally accepted rating variables like credit-based insurance scoring. It's been an an obsession for him. And as I'm sure you all know, the attacks have been quite personal and inappropriate in the media. However, in light of some recent bad press of his own about his mistreatment of OIC staff, the tone of his venomous rage has been a bit tempered in the past few months. Although we do not believe that this serious HR controversy will lead to him resigning or being pressured to retire from the uh, department by Democrat Governor Jay Inslee, who fully supported his risk-based pricing endeavor during the legislative process, we do know that this has added to his far less than op- optimal relationship with the regulation um, and the insurance legislature. So here's where we are in the battle on underwriting freedom in Washington. As you all know, we have pending litigation, a challenge going on in regard to the permanent regulation banning the use of credit-based insurance scoring. A hearing on the merits is scheduled for July 8th. We recently submitted our briefs to the court. Since we prevailed on our legal challenge against the emergency regulation last year, uh, based upon the fact that the court agreed with us that the OIC had failed to demonstrate an emergency basis for their rulemaking, insurers have had the option to go back to the use of credit-based insurance scoring in the interim. Some insurers have availed themselves of that, others have decided not because they don't want to flip back and forth creating uh, rate dislocation issues for certain consumers. As the record reflects from that whole battle, many consumers were adversely impacted by the department's decision to ban credit-based insurance scoring, especially elderly consumers with good uh, risk profiles. Now, let's turn to the regulatory level, because the attack on credit-based insurance scoring and risk-based pricing hasn't stopped at the legislature or in the courts. It's front and center in the OIC's agenda for activities. Right now, we're dealing with a proposed regulation on transparency and insurance underwriting. The proposed regulation applies to all personal lines of PNC insurance. The proposal applies to renewals and insurance modifications of the insurance policy. We have a pre-publication stage of the rulemaking coming up next week on June 14th. NAMIC will be uh, leading industry testimony and will be providing written testimony um, opposing this proposal. We'll also be submitting some model language that we're... uh, working with NCOIL on to uh, try to redirect the OIC away from this unworkable and impractical consumer disclosure retirement that is confusing to consumers. I mean, it's a it's a mess for consumers to try and figure out and understand. It doesn't do what he hopes, which is to educate. It really just will mislead consumers. We're offering something we think is more proactive and workable for the industry.
2: Thanks, Christian. I know Washington's been a real battleground for risk-based pricing battles, specifically in the credit-based insurance scoring realm. I know just across the border in Oregon, you've had some similar uh, battles. Could you talk a little bit
1: about those?
3: Um, As you all know, in 2021, the DFR, which is the Department of Financial Regulations, which is the insurance regulator, they introduced a bill, House Bill 2043, which would have prohibited the use of credit-based insurance scores, education, occupation, gender, and other non-driving factors to underwrite and rate personal lines of auto insurance. Many of us refer to it as California Prop 103 light risk-based pricing. Uh, It was very concerning. Fortunately, we were able to kill the bill. The chair, Representative Holby, who chairs the House Business and Labor Committee, held the bill in committee and it wasn't voted on. In twenty. 22, once again, we were able to keep the bill from moving. It was introduced, never even got a serious he- hearing, just an informational hearing. That's because we did a lot of work educating the uh, committee chair about the problems with the bill. But more importantly, what was happening in Washington state? We had the, the uh, emergency credit-based insurance scoring ban to point to and show how it created major rate dislocation that harmed many consumers. We basically said, don't bring this mess to the consumers in Oregon. And it kind of stuck. Now it was a short session, so that was to our benefit. Unfortunately, we know that Commissioner Stolpe plans to bring House Bill 2043 back in the 2023 session, which is a long session.
2: Thanks, Christian. Uh, It sounds like Washington and Oregon could be a full-time job in and of itself, Uh, but believe it or not, Christian does have some other states in his region in which he is advocating for NAMIC members. Uh, and to the extent that it sounded all doom and gloom, we do have some, I think, positive developments out of the Western region to report. Uh, Christian, I know you've been working in the Golden State with many of our member companies and our straight state trade partner uh, on a, a program or, or an initiative that might give insurers additional flexibility. So uh, could you talk a little bit about that?
3: Yes, Um. for the past two years, NAMIC has been working with our state trade partner Personal Insurance Federation of California to educate legislators about telematics. Now, I know it sounds strange that in a state like California, the silicon industry and an emphasis on technology, that telematics isn't in place. It isn't. It's the only state in the nation that doesn't allow telematics. So we're trying to change that. And we're trying to make it so that insurers can use it in a way that fits in with Prop 103 uh, rating regulations. Uh, And so the past two years, what we've done is we've retained an attorney slash uh, lobbyist who has connections not just with some of the key Democrats, but also is well versed in the IT issues and also the privacy issues, which are front and center in a lot of telematics issues that uh, are discussed at the legislature. And uh, we've kind of moved it to a point where we have a, a draft proposal. We have all kinds of talking points. We've been reaching out to legislators to educate them on this. Um, We've done a number of of educational outreach activities with legislators. In fact, in August we have an event where legislators will have a chance to drive a vehicle that is set up with telematics and they'll go through a little course and then they'll get a rating on what kind of risk profile they would create. We want it to be hands on and so that they can see it and be demystified about how it works and how it's pro-consumer. So that's where we're moving. So I anticipate that next year we will have a bill to introduce on telematics. Hopefully it will be blessed by the CDI as well.
2: Thanks, Christian. It's a very comprehensive update from the Western region. And I know our members are very grateful to have you advocating on their behalf. We also have today with us our newest RVP, uh, Midwest, Chelsea Cheney. So we thought today it might be appropriate for Chelsea to do a a quick introduction of herself to the membership, uh, and then we'll dig into some of the topics uh, from her region. So Chelsea, please take it away.
4: Great. Thanks, Andrew. It's a pleasure to join you today on Insurance Uncovered. As Andrew mentioned, my name is Chelsea Cheney, and I'm the newest member of the NAMIC RVP team overseeing the Midwest and Rockies region. My region includes Kansas, Missouri, Nebraska, Iowa, South Dakota, North Dakota, Montana, Idaho, and Wyoming. And uh, I live in Kansas City and I call Kansas home. Now, my predecessor, Mark Johnston, is retiring after a long and successful tenure in this position. And I'm so grateful to Mark for transitioning me into this role. I know I have big shoes to fill and he is making sure that I'm set up for success. So, you know, just a little bit of background on me prior to joining NAMIC, I worked for United States Senator Pat Roberts. I wore many hats in his organization from spending several years focused on legislative policy in Washington, D.C., to overseeing community engagement and outreach in his district office in Kansas City. Uh, When Senator Roberts decided to not seek re-election in 2020, that left me to find new opportunities, and so uh, I joined another National Trade Association, gaining additional exposure to state legislative and regulatory activity. So I'm I'm really pleased to just be able to bring both federal and state experience to NAMIC, And I'm really fortunate to work with such bright and enthusiastic advocates for the insurance industry.
1: Thanks,
2: Chelsea. Uh, and I know that you really hit the ground running. I've already seen you at a number of NAMIC events meeting the members, including the Farm Mutual Forum, uh, also some non-NAMIC events, including the NAIC in Kansas City. Uh, you've also hit the ground running on the topics that we cover. So I know there's been... A number of challenges in your region so far this year, and and some more to come, uh, but also some positive developments. So, if you could uh, talk the members through what they should expect in the latter half of 2022, and as we look forward into 2023.
4: Yeah, that's a that's a great question, Andrew. I appreciate that. Um, as as you mentioned, I just kind of jumped right in in January, which was. During the height of state legislative sessions. And so, uh, two of my states are not in session this year Montana and North Dakota. And so, I really focused on uh, seven state legislative sessions across my region. Um, as, as our audience knows, it is an election year, and our legislators, um, you know, in the Midwest and Rockies, not unique, they're focused on elections and redistricting of congressional maps. And so um, my region did see a great deal of gridlock this session. So uh, although that was challenging, we were able to, um, to move the needle for our members, which was great. And in several of our states, we were real optimistic to address tort reform this cycle. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, however, with some distractions. Uh, at the end of session, legislators were just didn't have the appetite to address it. But I'm really pleased to say that our message really resonates with lawmakers. And I know that we'll have another bite at the apple next year. Uh, so, this is definitely kind of one of those squeaky wheel issues that we will continue to pursue, pursue next legislative cycle. And then, um, you know, moving to kind of Kansas and Nebraska, we had um, a successful win in both of those states with the passage of rebate modernization legislation. And, um, you know, both of those bills I've learned in my short time at NAMIC have been really just valuable opportunities to work with our uh, our state regulators. And uh, just kind of help bolster common policy priorities. So uh, that builds um, a lot of goodwill between the department, but then also um, with legislators and we kind of show up as a united front. Um, you know, just kind of some other items that uh, that were really hot in my region, but also, um, you know, just kind of across the country was uh, third-party lending legislation. Uh, we saw bills like this kind of pop up all over the place, and uh, certainly my area wasn't an exception to that rule. Uh, you know, we're certainly eager as an industry to see greater oversight for this predatory activity, and um, we'll continue to remain a watchdog in that in my region for sure. Um, something else kind of unique to what I've been working on was um, uninsured, underinsured motorist legislation in Idaho, um, which was, you know, a really interesting topic to be able to work with, you know, being new to new to the organization and, you um, you know, there was a committee hearing and the committee of oversight actually determined at the uh, final committee hearing, it was a series of three that uh, they decided to table the bill and allow for stakeholders to work directly with the department of insurance to craft um, agreeable solutions to that challenge. And so right now it's in a rulemaking process and I'm happy to share that NAMIC uh, has secured a seat at that table. And so we're currently offering uh, valuable input uh, from our members to the department to uh, make sure that, that, That result is um, a positive outcome for us. And so, um, you know, with that, my sessions have all wrapped up right ahead of the Memorial Day recess. So that's some good news. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to what we can achieve next legislative session and what, uh, you know, what that looks like, what our members' priorities are and how we can move the needle forward.
2: Well, thanks very much, Chelsea, and I would encourage the membership as you're out on the road. I know Chelsea has been burning up the road, meeting folks and uh, meeting with her, the departments in her region uh, and our members. So I know uh, I know folks will look forward to seeing you out there on the road. Next and lastly, we'll go to Matt Overturf, who's with us today. He covers the Ohio Valley and Mid-Atlantic region for namic Matt, historically, the Ohio Valley and Mid-Atlantic has been sort of the epicenter for battles surrounding individual rating factors and risk-based pricing. Can you provide an update on where things stand in the region?
5: Yeah, thanks, Andrew, for that question. Um, the Ohio Valley Mid-Atlantic certainly hasn't disappointed in its reputation of being an epicenter for these battles. So in Virginia, uh, this session, we briefly saw a bill that would eliminate essentially every non-driving rating factor before it was withdrawn by the by the sponsor um, in washington dc we have both a bill at city council on algorithms and then a recently announced review of algorithms by the department of insurance uh, maryland saw several bills this past session on gender credit territory um, none of these bills ultimately passed but will most certainly be back in 2023 and then and finally in delaware uh, the department of insurance is pushing a bill that would eliminate the use of gender as a rating factor uh, Senate Bill 231 moved quickly out of the Delaware Senate earlier this year, and has yet to see any action in the House. Uh, we're in the final weeks of session in Delaware; signing day is June 30th. So, I'm keeping a close eye on this bill in the House over the next few weeks, but I'm hopeful it'll continue to sit idle in the House.
2: Thanks, Matt. So, is it is it a fair uh, assessment to say that the consumer groups or the the self-described consumer groups have uh, shifted their tactics from from bills? Uh, that would ban all your rating factors and, and maybe narrowing their focus a little bit on individual rating factors?
5: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, d- the the bills in Maryland, there were three issues, but they were all three separate bills. Um, and the consumer groups were kind of behind all three of those. Uh, and in Delaware, especially, you know, the consumer group is hand in hand with the Department of Insurance focused purely on gender um, and the thought there, right, is if they can get one, then they'll come back and take a take a pass at the at the other. So instead of eating the apple in one bite, they're they're taking smaller bites, which uh, creates more of a challenge for us as as we advocate around the region.
2: Great, thanks, Matt. Well, I, I know there's been it's not all doom and gloom. I know there's been some positive developments in the region as well. I wondered if you could talk a little bit about some positive things we've seen uh, in your states in the spring sessions.
5: Absolutely. Um, you know, despite the various challenges around the region, we have had opportunities to play offense every once in a while. So in Ohio, we've had two bills to highlight. Uh, both have been signed by the governor. The the first would allow insurers to utilize digital communications with consumers who use uh, an online platform. And the second is a bill that made several regulatory market improvements. Uh, this included travel insurance, the NAIC group capital calculation provisions, and rebating monetization. Uh, There are several bills in the Ohio pipeline that will hopefully see action in the fall, uh, specifically around third-party litigation funding transparency and cracking down on storm scammers and distracted driving. Uh, In Pennsylvania, there's a bill and a lot of discussion to reform and address stacking. And finally, we saw some positive developments this session in West Virginia on addressing phantom damages and collateral source. Well, thank you very much, Matt. That's a comprehensive
2: update. And again, I know you're, uh, you're really tearing up the road, spent a lot of time in Annapolis, and I think it is fair to say you have earned your crab cakes this year. So good job. <laughs> thank you. And with that, we conclude our Around the Nation look and uh, conversation with the regional vice presidents. Thank you very much for joining us as we take a look at some of the issues that our member companies face around the country.
0: And that's all for this week's episode of Insurance Uncovered, and a special thank you again to our sponsor, New England Asset Management. We'll be back again on June 29th with more insurance news, including a fascinating interview with the head of the Coalition Against Insurance Fraud, about fraud and how it's impacting our industry. Until next time, I'm Kathy Imus. Have a terrific day.